0: Welcome to episode number 93 of the Inspirational Athletes Podcast here on the Always Lancaster Network. I'm your podcast host, John Walk, sports reporter for LNP Newspaper and LancasterOnline.com. On this week's show is guest Zenny Barakos. Um, She is currently the East Stroudsburg University women's lacrosse coach. Um, She's had a lot of success there. I'll get to that in a minute. But She's also a Cocalico alum. Um, So she was back close to our hometown we recorded this I believe the second week of July um, and she was, I guess, back home helping coach at a local high school camp and was kind enough to step in here and make time for me. I'm recording a second intro because the day after we recorded this, zenny was named the IWLCA Atlantic Region NCAA Division II Women's Lacrosse Coach of the Year after leading East Stroudsburg to the Final Four last spring. She's also a two-time PSAC Women's Lacrosse Coach of the Year. And uh, man, she was awesome in our conversation. It's one of those that like, I would kind of strive for just in these conversations here just to kind of be natural and happen to have microphones in between us and her guard was down and uh, she was really down to earth and uh, full disclosure the reason being um, she might have been like that is because we kind of have a relation in the sense that my stepfather um, basically My stepbrother basically grew up with Zenny back in the day, um, and and my stepbrother, his dad, eventually married my now mom, and I've known them for close to 10 years, but basically everything that my stepdad knows about her um, is is what she's up to now. But anyway, Zenny was awesome, Uh, just kind of shared her whole playing journey from Cocalico to East Stroudsburg and then transitioned to coaching. Um, from Albright to Millersville to then becoming a first-time head coach at East Stroudsburg just like three or four seasons ago. And, man, she's already accomplished a ton. And I think that's going to be evident as to why that is just in our conversation here. One last programming note before we move forward. If you like what you hear today, feel free to hop on iTunes or a Google Play. In the podcast section, search Always Lancaster Inspirational Athletes and hit subscribe. All right, with all that out of the way, on to our conversation with East Strasbourg University women's lacrosse coach Zenny Barakos. I like to start with some some icebreakers just to <laughs> kind of make the guests comfortable. And one of my first questions was where does the name Zenny Barakos come from? Because hmm. it's a very uncommon last name, and Zenny, you don't hear of and a sure first name is. as much. I yeah. don't know that there's a story behind it.
1: There is, it's my grandmother's name. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so in the Greek culture, we um, honor the parents a lot by um, naming after them. So my parents, I was the first daughter, so my brother's named after my grandfather. I'm named after my grandmother, and then my sister's named after my other grandmother. So Barakas
0: is Greek. Mm -hmm. All right, that makes sense. Um, When you were growing up, who was your favorite athlete?
1: Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) mm -hmm. I liked watching basketball. Diana Taurasi was... A huge influence. We were big basketball people growing up, so um, yeah, Diana Taurasi.
0: When you were young, what did you envision? I'm going to be this when I grow up. What was uh, the dream?
1: No, I didn't really know. I actually um, was really into the TV studio at Cocalico High School. Did all those classes with Jen and Greg Buck. They're amazing people. Because
0: um, I knew later on you studied in uh, media and communications.
1: communications. Yeah, instructor. so that really like. Uh, I kind of like being a boss, <laughs> and I like directing a lot. And in college, I loved all of my courses. My professors were like, "This is perfect. You're on the right track." And I graduated, and things went a different way. So, so if
0: it wasn't coaching, maybe something in TV, maybe or something behind in media, or in front of the camera. Or definitely not like in that. front. <laughs> <Okay. All right. laughs>
1: definitely behind. Um, definitely like um, being directing people and I still I still use those skills obviously with coaching so
0: I I probably know what the answer to this next question is but i like to ask what is your what was your first job oh my first job was
1: bussing tables at the diner all right so
0: for those who are unfamiliar um, what's the diner that you're talking about what's your connection to it
1: my parents used to have silk city diner in Denver Pennsylvania with my uncle Nick and uh, now known as Kima Seafood Grill Um, (laughs) so uh, yeah so bussing tables was the first job
0: Wow. So yeah. so that restaurant's now called Kima. Yeah, Kima right. Seafood
1: Grill and Johnny Steakhouse. Those are All my right. uncle. Nick Baracus um, has those now.
0: So full disclosure, Zini grew up um with who is now my step brother but like when i was starting to get to know my mom's now husband gosh 10 years ago like one <laughs> of the first things was we went to that restaurant yeah. right back in the day and like <laughs> awesome food. seafood steak and all that. anyway um did you have any nicknames growing up that people knew you for or even um, now just um, um
1: x x for short. uh makes sense yeah no nothing crazy my name is unique enough that i really didn't get stuck oh, with any nicknames
0: true. yeah all right yeah um <laughs> also kind of some fun questions i texted uh, my mom's husband my stepfather said hey is there any uh, fun stories from zenny's childhood that's worth asking he said yeah ask her about a horse named zeus and showing horses what's yeah. that about <laughs>
1: yeah so i grew up um, riding horses at swigert stables in denver pennsylvania all my siblings and i all did it together so along with being athletes we were um at the farm you know mucking stalls and riding horses and showing and that's where we knew steve from and his family and um it was a lot of fun Did
0: your family own horses then
1: we did yeah we my had that was my horse zeus wow. yeah my right. horse zeus and the, my sister rode my brother rode we all it was something we all did as a family we traveled up and down the east coast together showing and being involved in the horse circuit which is a completely different circuit yeah, than like completely any other sports different ring. world yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. by the way a
0: former podcast guest darby conrad as we record this second week in july roughly um is out in wyoming competing in national high school rodeo but i say that to bring up the fact I've learned just through observing Darby, like there's so much that goes into taking care of horses mm-hmm. and you have to really develop a work ethic. You're essentially taking care of a child, which <laughs> as a teenager or even younger for you growing up, like I'm kind of curious if that taught you any like skills that you now have today.
1: Definitely. It was something if my parents were like, eh, we'll help you do this as long as you're putting in the work. We were baling hay and mucking stalls and between that and having the uh, diner influence from my dad, I mean, the diner was open what, like 5 a.m. 2 11 p.m. you know so you know if you wanted to see dad you, and you wanted to earn some money we were mucking stalls at you know riding putting horses to work, and man. putting into work and I think wow. that's where really my work ethic came from and you know coaching is definitely a grind at times and you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of sleepless nights and a lot that goes into that so um I think that's where all that comes from
0: do you have you had any broken bones or stitches is there any fun stories related to that
1: Mm broken bones uh no broken bones stitches I've had a few concussions so the growth of lacrosse has changed tremendously and um in high school Mary Beth Carden was my coach and she really got me I was running track and she's like you should come try lacrosse and I was like Uh oh, I don't know I don't want to catch and throw with this thing called a stick and <laughs> um you know once I took to it and um I really liked it but um geez where are we
0: going with that Oh, no, wow. Just as far as <laughs> Where we broken going? bones about Mary and okay. stitches, oh, yes. you okay. had concussions. So, sorry,
1: okay. mine. Sorry, long day. A lot in the sun. Um, we didn't have solid end lines when I first started. They were like kind of like roaming lines, and the referees would just kind of whistle you back in if you went too far. So I remember the first game, we just started having goggles because we didn't have goggles on either. Um, we had just yeah. nothing on our faces, just a mouth guard. Um, I remember I was guarding someone, and – I want to say my friend Shannon Miscavige and I were doubling someone in the corner, and uh, the girl was like, "Oh shoot, there's lines now!" And she beat, she didn't she just picked up the ground ball and didn't even look and just wailed it back, and it hit me right in the forehead, like oh. right in the forehead, and I got my first concussion. Right. Uh huh. So that's really like my probably best injury story. I, I've had pulled quads and you know, shoulder stuff and all that, whatever, but nothing super serious. Yeah. Knock on wood. So. Any
0: um, hobbies when you're not involved in lacrosse or anything? Lacrosse is my fun? hobby. I know you, have a, you have a dog.
1: <laughs> I have a dog. Uh, my husband and I just bought a house. It's a fixed oh, rubber. So thank you. It's right. uh, yeah, like a week ago. So we are wow. fully into reno Busy mode. time in your life. Oh my gosh. And summer's crazy anyway with coaching and, right. and we're always traveling for recruiting. Summer's crazy is it all- for us.
0: Towards East Strasbourg. Yes, it is. It's in Strasbourg. Wow, awesome. Yeah, so
1: that's my hobby right now. Trying to be Chip uh, and Joanna Gaines, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, what's on the to-do list
0: at the house? Because there's Uh, always something. Always
1: something. We ripped up all the carpets, all the flooring, and we just painted yesterday. Wow. Yeah, so bathrooms are on the list. If anyone knows how to tile.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What's a tile for free? Yeah, it's uh, not not fun to (laughs) do. No, No, No. I'm kind of like right along. My wife and I just bought our first house like less than two years ago, and I'm still like trying to go down the list. The the projects that's this, awesome yeah. that your mom probably but sold kinda, you yeah she's a real estate <laughs> that's agent good. all right yeah um any um sports outside of lacrosse I know you mentioned you kind of did track you were basketball. four-year letter winner in basketball mm-hmm. um did you ever try anything else before we get to that high school career side um, of things I
1: or? lasted in failed hockey camp for like three days and as you know field hockey is huge in this area yeah. and all my friends played <laughs> I just did, was not down for running around hunched over it wasn't okay. for me because
0: that's kind of a relatable sport in a way, if you had mm-hmm. hockey and lacrosse. Yeah, so but
1: basketball really <laughs> is no, super yeah. relatable as far as defense goes. So I actually went to college in my freshman year. I was like, I'm going to be an attacker. And my coach is like, well, if you want to play, you might want to play defense. So that actually clicked for me right away because as far as the defensive strategy goes, it's super similar to basketball. So um, that's really where um, I think my background in basketball helped. I mean, I played AAU basketball. I didn't think that lacrosse (laughs) was going to be – and then I stopped growing. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you about that
0: because oftentimes so many lacrosse coaches have told me the last few years anyway just as far as like, no, basketball and lacrosse are so interchangeable just as Mm -hmm. far – I could describe why, but you're the coach here, so why is that?
1: Yeah, definitely defensive strategy is so important as far as – um. well, now even we have a shot clock as far as basketball does as well. So there's just so many things that go hand in hand. But the def- for me, being a defender, mm-hmm. it was just an easy transition to to play defense, you know, three seconds in the light. same thing. Because if
0: you think about it, shuffling uh, side-to-side, defensive stance, it's often the same um, Boys or girls across, mm-hmm. men's or women's lacrosse or whatnot. Super similar. Um, so for the lacrosse side of things, were you mainly uh, the stats anyway? I'll let you get a drink of water here. Zenny uh, Zenny was a two-time Lancaster Lebanon Section two selection. Their team won two thousand five Section championship, oh, two thousand six Lancaster Lebanon championship. She's a four-year letter winner in lacrosse. Um, <clears throat> for those who are unfamiliar, mainly an attacker through high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and kind of. You came up at a time before high school lacrosse was sanctioned by PIAA. so yeah, it was kind of a wild. West year, in we, a sense. Yeah, I think my first year we yeah was
1: a wild. I mean, we won it. I think we won every game my yeah. um, junior year, and then we like won the league. And then there was nowhere else to go. We right. did that. Was it? We had like a perfect season. What?
0: Because uh, now everybody else is kind of caught up in a sense mm-hmm. that like it's uh, Township, Hempfield, Cocalico, LS, mm-hmm. um, and then there's. You know, eight other schools who have started the cross in yeah. the last handful half dozen years anyway. But back then, geez, more than ten years ago. Time flies. Um, yep, I feel what? what? what <laughs> sorry., uh, what do you think had Cocalico ahead of the curve or or had you guys were so good back in the mid 2000s at that point lacrosse is basically kind of just starting in the area and you guys did so well right out of the gate I'm just kind of curious yeah I think
1: actually my freshman year we were club we weren't even recognized by the school at that point um yeah I attribute it all to Mary Beth Garden she (laughs) uh she laid the roots yeah um she got us she is awesome um she's amazing she got me hooked she got all my friends hooked and um yeah, they, I, I, right. Mary Beth, she played, so she brought it, she wanted to get it started, um, her son who has passed, he got me started, he was a friend of mine, he actually went to Lancaster Country Day with my mm. brother, who went to Country Day, so um, we were all super intertwined, again, Lancaster County at that time, mm-hmm. um, and Mary Beth got us all started. Yeah, so, which, I, uh,
0: my, so I've been doing this career, per se, for what, going on eight, nine years now, and Mary Beth like I can count on one hand like the number of coaches that stopped and like asked me about my life and how are things going in your life and like providing me life advice and just mm-hmm. very super down the earth, genuine lady. Like I'm just kind of curious how, what kind of impact she may have had on you now that you're a coach.
1: Um, Well, she had a huge impact and I mean getting, she got me into the sport. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't have played it. I remember um, her son, Phil used to come to practices and he taught me how to catch and throw. And while well, everyone else was ahead of what mm-hmm. I was doing, I'd come from track practice and then pick it up cause it was club. So I remember going from AAU basketball right. to, track practice at club so i'd go over i could do both that's kind of how that started
0: wow did you do that all through high school then
1: um Tracking? no okay. track i stopped like i think freshman year oh, once right. we got into that you Board know news, once yes. i got hooked on lacrosse it was um no looking back but um yeah so she's had a huge impact in my career and i hear from her every once in a while and i just you know attribute getting into it to her when
0: does east strasburg come into play for you
1: oh uh, was my junior year. Okay. My junior year of high school, coach came out, saw me at a game. I ended up. She's like, come to camp. I went to camp, had a great time, and um, that was kind of it. You know, I did a lot of looking at schools, the whole thing, the whole nine yards, Millersville, right down the road. It was did actually you
0: play f- club lacrosse. No.
1: Wow. No, back right. then we recruited out of high school. <laughs> like club lacrosse wasn't anything compared to what it is now. Yeah,
0: because that's the main driving force now. If you're going to get recruited, is. to play college. I rarely it's get to a high club school game lacrosse or going to showcases and stuff like that. So getting recruited at a high school game, a mm-hmm. regular season game, nonetheless, or what yeah. have you, like it's very rare to happen today. But I guess back then that was common.
1: Yeah, back then it was common. All Not right. every. I mean, a lot of people I went to college with didn't play.
0: Travel. you um freshman kind of sorry i'm fast-forwarding because no, i have a okay. ton of stuff i want to get to here and i don't <laughs> want to keep you too long i know it's already been a long day for you That's um right. freshman season at east stroud spring of 2008 um only five games one assist seven ground balls two draw controls i'm kind of curious you know you're a four-year <laughs> letter winner in, in lacrosse go calico and you go to college it, yeah it's a higher level of play mm-hmm. Um, but probably the first time in your career where you're basically on the bench most of the time, I'm mm-hmm. wondering how challenging that was for you. Oh,
1: it's it was super challenging. It's something as a coach now I deal with on the other side of things, oh, and right. I think I handled it well. I mean, for me, I was like, okay, like I get it. I was the fir- my coach's first recruiting class. So I think there was, like, when we came in, f- 16 of us. Mm. I think we graduated eight in my class then. But um, I was like, listen, coach, I want to play. You know, <laughs> what do I got to do? And she's like, well, stop playing attack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> At right. that point, um, you know, a lot of the girls that I came in with who were ne- who were um, all Americans towards the end of our career led the P PSAC in scoring. I was like, well, I mean, I was good here, but... I'm not good now, you know, compared to some of these other people. So that's how I got moved to defense because I wanted to play. Right. And and ended up actually thriving back there. So it was great. I was like, okay, awesome.
0: Yeah, and the next couple seasons, you're essentially still coming off the bench as Mm -hmm. a few starts here and there. And then Mm -hmm. it wasn't until the senior year until you earned that full-time starting job on defense. I'm kind of curious as far as, like, how – Does that come about? Were you just still kind of adjusting to the game in those sophomore, junior seasons? Um, I definitely had a coach that played seniority.
1: Um, So I was definitely like waiting my turn and I was earning it. Um, And that's, again, something that I see on the other side of coaching now is not everyone has the patience, maybe, Mm -hmm. or the work ethic to continue. I mean, I see a lot of kids that are like, you know what, I'm not going to wait. I wasn't the best. I'm just going to call it quits here, you know. And, you know, what, at college, everyone's the best. So it was kind of I played with really talented people. Um, I definitely earned it. I worked my way up, and then yep, got that full starting job my senior year, and then was all um, conference my senior year.
0: And and the senior year too, there you guys had a new head coach, right? We our assistant was named our head coach, so so she knew it It wasn't a completely new. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. I just had them in my notes. I wanted to ask you about. And you guys had uh, 2011 um, Zenny's senior year at East Stroud. Um, ESU had a veteran team and returning five. All PSAC selections, NEC's action, 18 games, 17 starts, ranked fourth on the team in ground balls with 39 overall. 13 caused turnovers, six draw controls, helped the Warriors to a number 14 ranking in the Division II poll after the PSAC tournament. Also helped ESU obtain its first postseason victory in 25 years. The Warriors finished 10-9 overall. In that senior class, by the way, at least the uh, 2011 grads, set a program record over their four years with 39 total wins. Um, just as far as the, uh, the playing days, anyway, <laughs> I was going back. This is kind of going to be a long-winded question. But uh, I was going back looking at the history of ESU lacrosse. They've been around since the 60s. And mm-hmm. um, the overall record is way under 500. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's been good seasons here and there. But for you guys to come in, I think your freshman season went 11-7 overall. And then the next two years, were under 500. But for you guys to end that senior run, getting that first postseason victory for a program that hasn't had much in the postseason, mm-hmm. anything, I'm just kind of curious like where that stands out in your mind.
1: Well, now being back and having the opportunity to um, coach at my alma mater, um, that really was our last run of greatness, as we'll call it, um, till I got the head coaching job. Um, We graduated, and they had a few more coaching changes and not very many winning seasons and whatnot. So um, I think it was kind of, for me, then the driving force when I decided that I wanted to coach, was okay we were this at 14 we were 14 on the national polls which is the highest we had ever been until now until now mm-hmm. so it's been amazing to be on the other side of it there's things that I want to do accomplish as an athlete that I'm now accomplishing as a coach that whoever thought those were going to be in the cards for ESU lacrosse
0: right and I'll get to that here in a few minutes <laughs> sorry um, I'm jumping no <laughs> you're, you're completely fine and you're doing a good job of painting the picture for me that's what your uh, job is is as a guest anyway um <laughs> so when do you kind of get an idea as far as like the coaching itch when does that come about
1: um hmm my mom always wanted me to be a teacher. She thought I was, like, good at teaching or, you know, being in front of a group. You know, I'd work, like, summer camps and things like that. Um, I got the itch for coaching. My first job out of school was at the Body Zone in Reading. Mm. Um, and I was... Uh, you know assistant marketing something and the head of women's lacrosse so my days were mostly filled in the mornings with whatever marketing work I had to do and then my afternoons were filled with lacrosse and part of those responsibilities were holding like open gyms running their summer teams all those sorts of things so I started running these open gyms and I'd play because at that point I still had it and (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, the coach from Albright College came over her name was Jen Willis and she played in you know, as you get older I think you get a little wiser out there, you do less with you know, do more with less, you know? Um you could see the game from a different perspective. And um Jen and I would just ball out and have so much fun at these open gyms and we'd got along really well and she was like, You ever thought about college coaching? And I'm like well, yeah, I actually hate the beginning part of my day. Like, I only think about lacrosse. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the best part of my day, Mm -hmm. you know, when I get to work with these kids and, you know, help them move on to college and make them better and all these sorts of things. She's like, okay, well, my graduate assistant is leaving. I think you should come over. And I was like... I'm gonna quit my job, <laughs> my <laughs> full-time job, um, to go to Albright and be paying school loans yeah, at that point yeah, too. Yeah, probably. Yep, school yeah. loans, all that sort of thing, um, to make like zero dollars in comparison to what I was making, <laughs> and uh, live, you know, in you know the housing they provided and whatever. Um, but my parents were super supportive, and um, wow. I went for it. Quit that job and um went for college coaching and really um coach willis is. she taught me she gave me the baseline to everything of you know i think it's important to work for other different people get different ideas see how you want to do it and then make your own of it and um she was an amazing player i think she's a three-time all-american she played at Cortland. um you know played for national championships that sort of thing she's tough she was really tough
0: being your, your job at body zone though to now going being an assistant in college, like had you coached an official like team up to that point?
1: Um just the summer team? teams, okay. like of younger kids, of high school kids. So I All hadn't right. coached a college age kid, no.
0: When I, I guess the next question would be like when do you realize, okay, coaching an actual women's lacrosse team, I really love doing this, or did you know that right away, even a few years back?
1: Um, I think like coaching those teams at Body Zone, the summer teams, like I just found it so rewarding hmm. and exciting and um That's, I think, when I really got, when the itch was like, okay. All
0: right. Yeah. uh, Fast forward in here is then he spends the (laughs) next two seasons, 13 and 14 at Albright, comes to Millersville as an assistant in 2015 before getting the head job in 2016 at East Stroudsburg. So it's kind of a quick ascension. Mm -hmm. Um, Three years in his assistant, and then boom, you're ready and you decide to throw your hat in the ring like Ready's that's an interesting big, word <laughs> well you're you were brave enough at least to take the step forward and apply to a head coaching job but a mm-hmm. division two program nonetheless that's that's kind of a brave move after only being an assistant for three years i mean yeah you've since proved yourself but at the time like i'm wondering what made you feel like okay i'm ready to take this next chapter mm. in my coaching step
1: Interesting. Um, Well, I always kind of had my eye on ESU. I was still really really involved as an alumni, didn't miss an alumni game, donated back to the program, had friends still on the team. Um, And I think like all along from the second I knew coaching was going to be it, that I didn't see anything other than ESU in my future. Like That was dream job, go back, do the things you couldn't do as a student athlete, and take the program to that level you know it can be at. so from then it was just it would go time. It was how can I make this happen? So I, coaching is interesting. Lacrosse coaching is interesting because the fat, the growth of the sport is happening just at a tremendous speed, right? So we, when I played in school, we had sixty seven teams, maybe sixty eight in Division Two, and now we have around one hundred and twenty, <laughs> and including NAIs, we're at like one hundred and fifty. So I mean to move up quickly in women's coaching it's definitely has the possibilities and to think oh was i ready i don't know that anyone's ever ready um but it was a lot of learning especially in the first year i mean i think we had two hundred dollars in our operating account um and like three hundred dollars in our uh, extra events within the foundation and um the girls brought me their uniforms they weren't even collected by the last coach in a garbage bag washed and folded um sitting in a senior's basement nothing like things weren't collected and our pennies were like oh my gosh they like didn't even have the real logo on them uh some didn't have a logo on them they were like tiny sized like (laughs) like weren't fitting my girls um and it was uh, it was a lot of work.
0: I imagine, too, as you're an assistant is three years, you see ESU going through coaches and being your alma mater, you're probably pushed, to, okay, next time that mm-hmm, that, that, that job opens. comes open, like, I want to go there and build it into what it was when I was playing and, and whatnot. Yeah. That probably had to play a factor as well. Oh,
1: 100%. 100%. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, first year, boom, 2016 for Zenny. um for yeah, and I wanted to mention this. I had a note here. Those four years after she was done playing at East Stroud, after 2011, ESU went four and 12, 3 and 13, 8 and nine, eight and eight the next four seasons. Um, so with that being said, Zenny first year head coach, ESU, she inherited a really good roster. Um, they returned eleven of twelve starters, including its top eight goal scorers from the previous year's team, which went eight and eight and finished ninth in the PSAC. The Warriors in 2016, first year under Zani, end up going 12 and 5 overall, posted a 7.5 P-SAC record. Uh, where ESU also finished tied in the conference standings, lost a three-team tiebreaker for the final two playoff spots. It's since advanced. Um, I guess grown from four playoff teams to now six. I guess usually every year, however that were. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Anyway, ESU that year finished number 18 in the Division II poll, and uh, Coach Baracus was named the PSAC Coach of the Year. Um, certainly, you inherited inherited a talented roster, but anytime there's a new head coach coming in, especially you know it's not like your, your senior year where it's an assistant now becoming head coach; it's completely new. You hadn't been in the program in four or five years, and yeah. I'm you know you had a veteran roster. I'm wondering how you take that talent and try to get everyone on the same page with the new coaching regime
1: um well i will say yeah i had 12 seniors my first year they were really anxious to learn and they wanted to win they just didn't know how Mm. um so my first year back at esu was um you know we lost a lot of close games (laughs) we lost a lot of close games i think we had like four games that we lost by one or two goals where we just hadn't learned how to we didn't know how um and that was part of the process and um it was a lot of hard work but the girls want to change so it made it exciting I mean they they I think had zero running tests like pri- anyway things were structured really differently so we came in and I had to change the culture of what was going on there changed how they interacted as a team and how things were done and they bought in you know I give those 12 seniors a lot of credit um definitely wasn't what they signed up for when they went to <laughs> SU but um a lot of them were thankful for that Last year, I think, when I hear from them, I what, think. Uh, <laughs> if
0: you don't mind me asking, when you say change the culture, can you expound upon that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, there weren't very many rules. They were kind of – it was like the Wild West. Okay. So um, basically
0: being – what a coach should be in terms of like, playing the <laughs> groundwork, being disciplined and structured? Yeah, and... Um,
1: having any sort of standards for them, not just on the field, but off the field. You know, what kind of academic standards are we setting? Do we have any study hall? What are they doing after graduation? Where's our plan? Like, hmm. you know, it wasn't just on the field. And hmm. I think that what I do love about my job so much is the the impact that you can have on these kids. And it's not just lacrosse. Lacrosse is actually, like you know, what percentage of what we do, I don't know. But I always tell them they have to graduate, they have to get jobs, so then they can donate back to the program.
0: I was going to ask you to, like, give me a sales pitch that you would typically give to a <laughs> recruit, but I think the last few minutes you talked, you kind of <laughs> covered that. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, because, I, you know, being at uh, East Troublesburg, I guess I should get out to a, a game when you guys come and play Millersville. But with yeah. that being said, what's uh, a Zenny Baracos coached team look like offensively and defensively, as far as like how you attack, what your setup, set up, um, what do you prefer? Maybe you focus on defense because you play defense in college. Yeah. Do you let offense oh. to your assistant? How does that work? Uh, well,
1: I have a graduate assistant. Um, so huh, that changes with every year, too. All right, we have one-year grad program. So I've had a new GA every year. So it was exciting time I'm taking applications right now. Um, I'll put the pun in there. Anyone looking for a job. Um, it has changed I think every year you have to like kind of coach to what you have and you know what everyone else is looking at talent wise all that sort of a thing so um I definitely try not to leave one end of the field alone we definitely break up into groups at practice and try to give everyone a little bit of love at a different Mm -hmm. level but offensively I think we've grown in our talent we're We have a lot of depth in the offensive end. If you looked at any of our stats, um, all our midfielders are really big contributors. We had our freshman All-American this year, attackers. She Mm -hmm. was amazing. Um, So we're definitely more talented where we can let them kind of just learn how to play with each other. We really don't try to run a play until the last 45 seconds of the shot clock if they haven't already made moves towards the cage. Um, And then defensively, we run a man defense um, looking for doubles. Mm So we. Um, yeah,
0: I was going to ask you, obviously shot clock is something new in these last year or so yeah. and, um, last couple of years. Anyway, uh, you didn't have that when you were playing, no. uh, you played defense in college <laughs> and maybe you just kind of answered it, but like, how does the game change if at all, or how does the coaching style change now with the shot clock? And you got to be really structured as far as when things are going to happen, I guess.
1: Yeah. We talk a lot about scenarios um, and now those scenarios used to just be based off of what the score is. Now it's also based off of how much time is on the shot clock. Um, so it's definitely something we've adapted to. I'm not – I don't know everything. I'm not afraid to ask my colleagues mm. questions. Division one got it a year before us. So spent a lot of time asking around, seeing how people handled the shot clock, watching game film, all that sort of a thing. So we've definitely adjusted how we operate, like I said, based off of talent. But now the draw is so mm. important so so important um because if you can control the draw you can basically control the tempo of the game so um that has been a little bit of a the draw has always been important but now that you are under a shot clock it's more vital that you get it on your end from the get-go right. so you can contain possession
0: I'm going to run through these next two seasons because I was still have a lot to get to oh, and then sure. I'm going to get back to asking you questions here that's so that's okay um, All right, the Warriors 2017 entered the season needing to replace seven starters. Um, They ended up going 17-3, set nearly every program record, including a 12-game winning streak, featuring seven against nationally ranked teams, culminating with 10-9 victory against Mercyhurst in the PSAC championship game. The Warriors won their first ever PSAC regular season title, by the way, before that PSAC tournament title, advanced to the NCAA Division II tournament. For the first time, ranked number 10 in the D2 poll. Um, Coach Baracos, again, named PSAC Coach of the Year two years in a row. Um, And then 2018, ESU entered the year as the preseason conference favorite for probably what was like the first time ever for the program. (laughs) I'm sure. Um, Returned eight (laughs) starters going into 2018, including four who were in postseason honors, And then they end up going 15 4 overall, 11 1 conference, suffered a three goal loss in the PSAC semis before picking up the program's first win in the NCAA tournament, reached the NCAA semifinals for the first time, 20 14 loss in a high scoring affair against Florida Southern, finished number five in the D2 poll um, at the season's end, program's highest ranking. With all that being said, I'm wondering how in three years you've gotten, you, you talked a lot about 2016 and changing the culture. Okay, you guys do that you make it um nearly make it to the PSAC playoffs but then these next two seasons you've taken the next step and then the next step after that I don't know if you can kind of wrap it up in a nutshell but like how do you you instilled the culture but then how do you get them to take that next step as a program as far as winning goes I guess
1: well one I have goosebumps um it's oh it's been interesting it's been a lot of fun <laughs> but it's been interesting um I think, like I said, the first year we had to learn how to win. Right. Um, and then from there on, we got a taste of success. And when you taste success at some of the high level, especially in the NCAA tournament and winning the PSAC for the first time ever, I mean, these my freshmen and sophomores don't know anything but success. So the adjustment was, OK we learned how to win we like the way winning feels um and now we want to get a little further than we did before i mean i will if you talk to anyone in the 2017 team they would say like the worst feeling ever was getting back on that airplane after we lost in florida against florida tech and that was the driving force to get us to that next level the following year um and then now i hope um we're all doing our workout packets um and um preparing because now you can say i mean you've hit a new all-time high but you've also hit a new all-time low because and they were treated i mean the ncaa experience is amazing i mean it's a Mm top-notch experience you know Mm -hmm. Um, so now you know what it tastes like you know that it feels good Mm -hmm. Um, and you got a step further breaking more records winning our first ever regional championship Um, now they're like okay now we want to we want to do the big thing we want to win the national championship and that has been my goal since the day I walked in the door so again creating that culture is so important it was so important that first year to say listen cut the whatever this is how it's happening this is how we're going to do it so every year we set goals before we start our first day of practice with a fresh team we bring out I don't erase my goals from the previous years we cross them off because you can see how I think we keep 10 goals and we fit every goal for the past two years wow amazing right. right and you're like
0: oh I was going to ask you if you have like if you hate if you hit eight out of the 10, like if you have two left over, do you add that on to next year or anything we've like hit that or, oh, right? yeah, oh, We've hit had them had all. We've hit them all. So it's all like, right.
1: you know, you walk into your first team, and you're like, oh, let's put PSAC Championship on there. You're like, huh, oh, OK. Like We got a lot of work, right? And then it happens, and you're like, Right. Oh my gosh! Like, maybe, you know, our goals—like, there, you can hit your goals. So um, we go over them. We say, you know, we talk about how we got there, and and then we write new ones. And we, so I think I'm a strong believer. If the kids on the team, the young women on the team, don't want to reach the goals that we set forth as a team, then if they don't buy in, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I let them set the goal. Why would I? Why should I set the goals? I'm I- not. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. Um, you did a good job of explaining that. I just, this popped in my head now, just sitting here listening to you talk. I'm wondering, like anybody who's listened to this, this last 30 minutes or so, the passion that's exuded from you just comes across naturally. Where does that come from in you?
1: Oh man. Oh, I don't know. I just, I love what I do.
0: Like you've got a smile on your face this whole time. Maybe it's because you just love talking lacrosse. I like love talking
1: lacrosse. I love ESU. I love my team. <laughs> I, uh, I love my, I'm a, I think I'm really lucky um, to do what I do. I mean, I got my dream job. Oh, and uh, it's, exci- it's exciting. It's so. exciting. What
0: is any Baracos the coach like on game day?
1: Oh, I think my kids would probably say something different than when I say excited. Um, you know, the first couple games are always, like, super interesting, and every year has been really different. I will say in 2017, I did not have a doubt in my mind. Once we hit a certain point, we lost at Slippery Rock, and that's when we went on a 12-game run. Um, I didn't have a doubt in my mind after any time stepping on that field. Like, I, I, you know, you know, like, that gut-wrenching sort of feeling. So right now my husband and I, we've been renting the last three years two blocks from school. So my, like, routine is the same. We're super routine, you know, superstitious sports people. coaches are like that. Yeah. (laughs) Set your schedules and stick to them. Walk to the field. Like, you know, at a certain point my first year, I, like, wanted to throw up probably the whole, you know, warm-up till we got it there, you know. And then the 17th season, I was like, nope, we got this. Like, I didn't have a doubt on my mind that they would do whatever it took to get it done. This year we were really young, like so young. You know, um, our whole team is basically freshmen and sophomores this season. Our fall ball season was terrible; like it was just a <laughs> hot mess. Um, we lost a few recruits along the way. It it was just not good. Yeah. And I, if you would have told me then what the outcome ended up being, I would have mm-hmm. thought you were crazy, probably. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I don't know it's changed. It's exciting, but yes, I love it. I'm literally everyone knows it. Like, and I guess that's why kids. I, I want kids that want to young women. Excuse me, I don't want these kids. Um, I do the that. Same want I know I'm like oh they're not kids. They're yeah. young women, um, who want to come to ESU who want to play for me, who want to play for a championship, and will do whatever it takes on and off the field to have that championship Has experience. Has it been,
0: maybe easier is not the right word, but just the amount of success, success that you guys have had now in three seasons, do you find that more people are paying attention, what, like on the recruiting circuit? Like, do the players know um, of ESU now? Or? Yes,
1: definitely. There's definitely more recruits coming in the door. Our clinics have more kids. Our mm-hmm. camps have more kids attending. Yeah. Um, and it just makes that process even more interesting. Mm-hmm. you know. Now, we're, when we have a recruit come in the door, they might be looking at some other like, more right. compatible options.
0: It's not every day I get to sit across from a, a college lacrosse coach at D2 level, nonetheless. But oftentimes, this time of year, it's like, OK, little Joey is playing this prestigious national lacrosse tournament. And sometimes I scratch my head, like, <laughs> is it really prestigious? And then it's like I get a, somebody like you who didn't have Club lacrosse and showcases back in the day. Now you're coaching, and it's like you're. It's so relied upon now, just as far. And I think it's good. I, I want kids to go to the next level. And yeah. Kids. See, I'm saying mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> I want players to go to the next level and get a good education. But I don't know if if frustrating is the right word or or. I'm just kind of curious if you can expound upon as a college lacrosse coach how much you rely on club lacrosse showcases for recruiting. But as a coach, I, I hope parents know like that's not it. Like, Mm-mm. that's not – you're if you're good enough, you're going to land in college somewhere, but there has to be something beyond the field, too, that you look at, I guess. Oh,
1: 100%. Well, I think um finding the right fit for a student athlete is – when I was coaching club was the most – probably the most important thing because it has to fit academically first. So even for myself, recruiting-wise, academic questions – come across almost most as importantly as the athletic part because it's got to be a good fit. They only get four years. Um, You don't have to play club. Ooh, every club coach is going to hate me when I say this. Um, We watch a lot of club games we go to almost every tournament that our staffing allows Mm -hmm. us to go to we go to showcases um but for me personally i'm looking for that coachable aspect so i like to have kids on campus like i want them to come to my clinic we do lots of one day clinics where we Mm. you know work with them for a couple hours we show them campus we let them talk to admission during the
0: spring season you're doing that
1: we do that all year round at some point spring we normally try to die down i try to just worry about my girls but um Probably won't. We do some in the winter, some in the fall, and a lot in the summer. I want, I want to work with a kid. I want to know how coachable you are. I want to know that you're taking what I'm learning and not mm-hmm. rolling your eyes or you know, any sort of thing like that. So the club circuit has really taken over and yes, we go to the tournaments. We go watch your games but we're only seeing what you can do in an mm-hmm. athletic setting when it's what, 100 degrees and you've mm-hmm. played six games that weekend. And
0: then over the course of the following school years when you get them on those one day clinics or you look into the background and get to know them a little bit more and stuff mm-hmm. like, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years uh, obviously you've been coaching for goodness probably half dozen years and and even longer beyond that before you started officially but Mm -hmm. with all that being said um I'm kind of curious how you've gone about a improving as a coach and b now that you've had all the success like how do you make sure you don't get stagnant and like fool yourself and say okay I know how to do this
1: well we definitely have to continue to learn the game has changed so much so I really rely on you know coaching outlets that we have I I spoke at the um, U.S. lacrosse convention this year which was a huge honor but I went to everyone else's sessions while I was there like there's always things that we can do to learn and get better I read a lot of books I love John Gordon's books they're really good Um, we do a lot of reading talking to people I've asked local coaches in the area that we we're close to Lafayette and Lehigh and those I'm like can I come watch your practice like I want to see what you're doing Um, and most people are pretty open to it um, which is exciting so just, you know, I keep my coaching friends really close so people would understand my being lifestyle. Being <laughs> to seeing what
0: others are doing and mm. not being afraid to, okay, I'm going to apply that here. Like, yeah, right. that totally makes sense. Mm. Um, kind of the last question for, I have other questions, but we're kind of getting uh, short on time here. So I'll just jump forward to it. This is kind of the point of the podcast where I like to ask guests as far as like, do you have any advice that you'd like to leave listeners with, whether it be like a driving philosophy that you have as a coach or something that, you know, you've attained a lot of success in your life, but you've also been through trials and stuff. And I didn't know if there's anything that you can kind of leave us with that something somebody might be able to apply and make them a better person or something along those lines, I guess.
1: I guess I'd say like you're never, you you have to put in what you're, what you want to get out of it. You know, like you're not just going to be able to skate through anything school any sport that you're going to play. So I think I've definitely put in a lot of hard work. Mm. And I it definitely hasn't always gone my way in life and anything. But um, to be able to have like a strong work ethic. And um, at the end of the day, I hope that my student athletes are kind and respectful. And I think that those are two things that you just can't teach. Mm. Um, and I hope that the environment that I have supplied for my girls at East is one to, uh, uh, of safety where they can be whoever they want to be mm-hmm. and um, learn on and off the field. There's a lot of off mm-hmm. the field learning to who they are. But um, I guess my advice would just be choose, for at least as far as these student athletes looking to further their careers, is choose a school where you're able to feel safe, mm-hmm. be the person that you want to be, and don't always make the call in that school just because of the level, the division, or um, your mom and dad, <laughs> and make sure that the school's a right fit for you. Because I, I strongly think that there's a level and a place for everybody. Any, everyone can play college lacrosse and at a different level and find what school's a right fit for them. But um, I, hope, I hope and I think that um, – my young women um enjoy their experience and are able to grow and learn in a safe environment and uh, be the best versions of themselves
0: oh hey i hope listeners have enjoyed today's experience of listening to the show um if so then you'll probably like the previous 92 episodes So feel free to go back and listen to those in archives last week we chatted with hemfield alum nick glass he's now on the men's rowing team at temple university really fun conversation uh next week we'll be chatting with another cocalico alum um andy burkholder he's now um i think third or fourth or fifth year forgive me andy uh the head men's basketball coach at ncaa division two american international college with that being said, I'm always looking for any suggestions for future guests on this show, so if you listen to this and think, hey, I knew this person, they'd be awesome, throw me an email, Jaywalk at lnpnews.com or contact me on the Twitter at jwalklnp. Zenny, how can uh, folks follow you or East Strasburg Women's Lacrosse?
1: Um, you can follow us on Twitter, <coughs> Instagram. Oh, no Snapchat. Facebook?
0: <laughs> I think it's all uh, at ESU Warriors on Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. um, and then at ESU Lacrosse on Twitter as well and at Coach. Zenny B um, on Twitter. Uh, you can follow her there and find the, I guess, what East Stroudsburg schedule and any more information you want about East Stroudsburg lacrosse, ESUwarriors.com. All right, before we wrap up here, I just want to give a shout-out to my colleagues Tyler Hubern, Irene Snedder. They are the engineers slash producers of this podcast. Thanks to another colleague, Claudia Espenshade. She gets this thing online, so thanks to them. Thanks to you guys for listening, and Coach Baracos, thank you for sharing your story. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Awesome. <laughs>